Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby. And this edition, or I should say episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl is uh, being published on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and I, of course, it's a very special day. So I hope that you're spending it with people that you love, people that you care about, um, or that you'll be able to join them soon. Maybe you had an early Thanksgiving celebration, or maybe you're going to have one later in, in the week or next week, as long as you get to celebrate. But for today, Thanksgiving day, um, I hope that you have uh, warmth in your heart and that you're able to feel gratitude uh, for whatever it is or whoever it is that brings you joy in your life. I, uh, of course, anyone who knows me knows how special my parents are to me. Uh, I live right next door to them, so it's nice and cozy. <laughs> um, sometimes we have a problem with boundaries. Um, <laughs> we need to redefine those. But other than that, it is wonderful being so close to them because we are able to help one another. And they have been incredibly supportive and helpful to me. There is no question of that. I am super grateful for everything they've done in my life. Um, they were instrumental in allowing me or supporting me, helping me. When I transitioned out of my day job in 2010, I left Blue Cross of Northeastern Pennsylvania, which is now, is now Highmark Blue Shield. I had been there for 11 years in marketing communications or corporate communications department. And it stopped being uh, meaningful, engaging work. Um, and I wanted to leave and promote my business, Laugh to Live, that I had started in 2006. And of course, anyone who knows my story knows that I I was doing well with the business. Um, or I should say I was getting my name out there doing presentations, um, you know, in the area and in upstate New York and in a couple in New Jersey, a couple in uh, Maryland. And uh, but I, I never regret it once a day. Not once did I regret regret leaving Blue Cross. But I did wish that I had a little bit more of a plan and had done a little bit more solid research because I did not have a business background. Um, so of course, nevertheless, I did not go back to nine to five and I still haven't done that. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, I've found ways to lead what is now common, but I was, I was doing it before the, the cool kids started doing it, a gig life. I started to lead a, a gig life. I was still doing my business, laugh to live, but I needed to pay the bills and the business itself wasn't uh, making enough. So that's when I started doing other work, uh, grading for Penn Foster online. I did that for a number of years. I taught part-time at King's College for about seven years. Uh, medical college, I've been a standardized patient at the medical college. I still do that. And that's going on 11 years. I've learned so much about my body, probably too much. <laughs> now I'm, I'm trying to diagnose other people. Oh, where's your, your stomach pain? Which quadrant is it in? Is it sharp pain? Is it dull pain? Let me tell you what you have. Um, but I've done all these different things. And honestly, I don't regret any of them. I'm grateful for all of the experiences, all the people I've met. And right now where I am at in life, I am happy happy. I've kind of returned to, I don't want to say to my roots because that's kind of dramatic or overblown, but I've returned to what I've trained for. Uh, my degree from Penn State is in journalism. I have a master's in communication arts from Marywood that I was able to earn while I worked at Blue Cross. So I've gone back to writing, to uh, creating content, communicating, 
press releases, content for websites, content for social media, um, helping event planning, um, helping with uh, campaigns, marketing and educational campaigns, all of that that I feel that I'm good at and I can do good for my clients. So I'm doing that. I'm still doing Laugh to Live, uh, using laughter for stress relief and to make people feel better overall their well-being. But all of that, uh, the path that I'm on, where I'm at now, I, I give so much uh, credit to my my parents, Joe and Carol Luby, for their support, uh, for allowing me to um, to do this financially, for allowing me to feel loved and supported. Uh, they're encouraging words and and so many friends I won't even attempt to name because I'm sure I'll leave someone out. But mom and dad are the most important friends. Of course, they've helped throughout the years for a variety of things with my fundraisers, with uh, words of wisdom. Uh, Cheryl Kaiser, I will name because when I did leave my my day job. She offered me office space that she did not charge me for. That was huge. Uh, that's what she said. Um, but there was, there's of course, many friends who helped along the way, <clears throat> excuse me. And I will say the other thing that I am grateful for is nature, nature, um, getting outside for a walk, a hike, kayak run. Nature is my sanctuary. It is, uh, I will say these days, it is my church. I've been raised, I was raised Catholic. I used to go to, to Catholic school, grade school, high school, worked at the church block party. I attended uh, mass. I was a church lector and I have gotten away from that. And I, I don't say that with any uh, guilt or feeling badly. Um, I am feeling more spiritual than religious uh, these days. And I do feel that nature outside is kind of like my church. Um, I will literally pull off the side of the road, get out of the car to take a photo of a sunset. I'm always in awe of them, uh, the colors of nature, of leaves, um, just the feeling you get from forest therapy, being out in the woods, it, it serves my soul well. And I'm super grateful for that as well. So my parents, mostly, uh, nature, my friends, uh, my extended family, uh, of course, uh, my goddaughter had a beautiful baby boy this year. Uh, and, and we were blessed to have him, uh, with us for Thanksgiving and everyone being together. So without further ado, that's just my little, what I'm grateful for. I hope that you'll think about even, I mean, honestly, sometimes it's the smallest things, you know, I, if I make my coffee just the right way, cause it doesn't happen that way. I have it, but there are, are not, there's probably maybe twice a week that I'll actually take a sip and go, ah, now that's a good cup of coffee. And I'm grateful for that, for that. And that's okay to be grateful for little things because life is made and often broken by the little things. So whether it's big or small things, I hope you're having a happy Thanksgiving and with gratitude. And without further ado, uh, we will now turn to my guest for this week. And we'll learn about all the wonderful things she's doing to help people have enough, to help them have enough food to eat, because she certainly does understand and can relate to what they're going through. So this week I have, uh, my guest is Rebecca Seaman. Um, I always like to say how I know my guests, and this is another one of those kind of unusual or rare occasions. Usually I know my guests or I have known them for a while. Rebecca, I actually just met 
last week. Um, and as I've mentioned, I love the fact that, you know, get involved in different things in the community. You never know who you're going to meet. Everyone's got an interesting story. I think it's great. So I was, uh, thanks to my marketing work, my marketing client, I'm working with King's College on a project called About Face. And we're trying to reduce or remove the stigma around opioid use disorder. And there's some wonderful work being done at King's College through the Showval Center, uh, Bill Bowl and Kelly Gibbons. They had a wonderful exhibit going on in the gallery at the Whitman Gallery. And part of it, uh, we talked about substance use disorder. We talked about homelessness. Um, we also talked about food insecurity. So when people do not have enough food uh, for themselves, their family, um, and that was part of the display, some of the engineering students had actually done a really cool display with the canned goods that were going to be donated to a food pantry um, with New Roots Recovery Center, which helps people in recovery, and they also have a food pantry. So wonderful community collaborations going on, and I met Rebecca there, and I want Rebecca to, I won't say what she does because I want her to explain it. Um, I know that I won't get it right, but I've met Rebecca there and I just thought, you know what, I really would love for Rebecca to share her story. So welcome and thank you so much for joining me, Rebecca. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So, so tell us a little bit, I know, so you do service where you help people. You also have a free, a little, like people are used to seeing the little libraries throughout communities. You have a little uh, food pantry. Um, so I don't know where you want to get started. How did you get involved in doing service, especially around food uh, insecurity? Um, so I think it actually started when I was a kid. And this okay. is um, a really story close to my heart because it has to do with my mom who was um she, you know, she was a mom, she cooked food, she gardened, uh, she provided. And I think it was, you know, when it started then, um, I used to take food from the house to my friends in the neighborhood and uh, give it to everybody. And my mom said, one day you're going to feed people. And, you know, I never thought anything about it. I'm like, of course, I'm going to feed people. That's what, you know, what people do. And, uh, I never knew it would go to this extreme. So, <laughs> so you, even back then you, you liked the idea, what it wasn't about it. You think as a kid, you just, you wanted people to have enough or you wanted to share kind of that bonding of that love through food. Cause food is so means so much, uh, connects us. It's not just about feeding us, but as sustenance, but like there's a connection with food too. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was just I wanted to make sure that everybody around me had stuff because we had a candy store up the street. Um, so that was like the biggest deal around here was like if there were kids that didn't have candy, it was like, you know, why don't they have candy? <laughs> you know, so that was the thing. Like I was sharing my candy with people. So well, that was so that was nice. That was good that you you learned early on. Uh, to be benevolent, to be kind. Um, so now here you are. Tell us the work that you do now. I know that you do a couple things. So uh, we'll start with your service. It's through, is it AmeriCorps that you you do some work? It's service work. If you want to tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and what that whole, like, is it a program or what exactly is that? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Peace Corps, but AmeriCorps is like the main branch and there's different arms of it. So the Peace Corps would be one of them. Um, the branch that I'm in is the um, community, community health workers. And um, 
it's a new program that uh, just kind of got started in Luzerne County. Um, they had one last year, but this is the second year of it. And what they do is they kind of prepare you for a job in community health work. So it's helping people find resources, um, any kinds of resources in the county. So if they need housing, if they need mental health, if they need food, uh, if they're, you know, utilities, whatever it may be, health, you know, go to a doctor or whatever it could be that they need. Um, community health workers do that kind of work for them and guide them along the way, kind of give them um, support in what they do. And it's almost like, I guess, a caseworker, but um, this way it's really focusing on doing what you need for the person and kind of let it, but that letting them guide the way, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so our branch in the County is called AHAC and, um, they're the ones that kind of do the community health worker training. And then, um, we do our service through AmeriCorps and we each have a site that we work through and mine's the food dignity movement. Okay. And what do you do? Obviously food dignity. So you're helping people get enough food, but what does it involve? Are, are you like actually delivering food to people? Are you, what exactly do you do when you're part of it? So the main thing that I started off as, and I actually started as a volunteer, um, I had found Clancy Harrison on Facebook. Um, they were doing and this was during COVID, they were doing a drive-through food giveaway over in Kingston at a church. Um, and, you know, things in the beginning of COVID were really scary. So my thought was, well, I need to have enough food for my children and myself. So, you know, go, go and get something, you know, and uh, I don't drive. So my dad took me. And when we got there, there wasn't actually any food left. Um, I believe they had served over 2000 people that day. Um, so wow. it was, you know, it was a little disappointing, but what can you do, you know? So um, I had kind of followed her a little bit on Facebook for a while to see if they had more, but I didn't get an opportunity to go. And then one day I was just kind of researching the term food insecurity, cause I'd never heard that before. And I had found that listening uh, to someone on YouTube and I had come across her TED talk and um, that was the day my life changed. Uh, she had moved me, something inside of me had stirred up and this passion had just come out and um, I reached out to her. I was so moved by what she was doing. I reached out to her and I said, Hey, like I'm involved with these different places. Like, how can I help you? Like, I really want to do something to help. And uh, she said, hey, let's talk. And we did. And she said, come up to the food bank that we run and come check it out. You could get food if you need it. Um, you know, you can help people, whatever you want to do. So I went and I just kept going back. <laughs> I couldn't stop. So everybody there, um, you know, they were just it was, it was an atmosphere I've never experienced before. Everyone was very loving and welcoming. And um, yeah, I just I couldn't stop. So I ended up getting uh, 
this service through through them and uh i really appreciate it so and for people and i used the term before but i'll admit i may not have defined it properly because it is somewhat of a new term um what what do we mean when we say food insecurity so food insecurity has many faces um anyone could be food insecure it could be your parents it could be your neighbor it could be the mailman uh, it could be a teacher, it could be a doctor, um, it could be anybody in your community, and you may not know that they're food insecure because there's many uh, things that, you know, people don't talk about, you know, that they, that they don't get enough food, um, that they don't have access to the food that they'd like to eat, uh, you know, just, it's just tough for everybody, and, you know, it, people don't usually want to share those things. So we just have to keep in mind, like it could be anybody. Mm. And that kind of like, you know, we're talking about with our, uh, the project I'm doing with Kings about opioid use, you know, it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, that only happens to so many or certain people only get involved with, with drugs or whatever. It's like anybody could be affected by that. And the same we're saying for food insecurity, anyone could be affected by that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you got involved and you were really inspired by, uh, I'm sorry, was it, uh, Cl Clancy was, I'm sorry, what was her name? Yeah. Clancy Harrison, Clancy Harrison. So she really inspired you and got you involved. So, um, so what do you, are do you doing like on a regular basis then with this? Um, are you, uh, going out into the community, um, to help with, uh, or helping to make sure the food banks are stocked or what, what exactly is the work that you get to do? Um, so, the main thing that I started off doing was I would go to their food bank, which at the time was kind of, um, it was for Geisinger patients that were going, that have diabetes. Um, and they were, they, they go to the doctor and um, if they would, you know, they'd ask them some questions. And if they felt like they were food insecure um, in need, they would do a referral. And so the referral would come from Geisinger to us. And then we just, we get our food from uh, CEO, Commission on Oper Economic Opportunity. And then we pack it up and then they come and we kind of have, you know, we have some guidelines to follow with them, um, you know, to keep, to keep their health good and everything. But um, yeah, they would come and just pick up their food and we load them up and a lot of produce um, we get a lot of stuff from Fuller's Overlook Farm, um, which is beautiful produce. They have amazing stuff and, you know, so, so healthy and nutritious. So um, we provide that for them. And then we also do um, every, every third Friday of the month in Kingston, uh, Pack Pediatrics actually has a food giveaway. So people can walk up or drive up. Um, but we get all our food again from CEO, they'll deliver it. And then we pack everything up and we've actually been working with a lot of volunteers from Kings. They've come down um, from Wilkes have come. And then some of our food dignity movement people have also joined us too. So it's a nice little compacted community we got going, helping each other out. But um, yeah, and people line up and we just serve them food. Also put the you know food in their trunks. Um, another thing 
that I'm doing is today was my first day. Actually, I started at New Roots Recovery. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so I get to help um, guide them into nutrition education. And then we cook food and we got more produce from Fuller's and we made some food today. Um, And it was actually, we packed meals yesterday at King's um, for new roots and today they got their food and it was just it was heartwarming to see because like these most of these people live out on the street like Mm -hmm. they don't have a place to live and they came in and got a hot meal and you know warmed it up and ate and sat and had fellowship together and just had a warm place to be and it was it was really amazing to see that there's places like that here Yeah. And people may not know this, but I mean, they are out there and I would say how important would you say, um, and you mentioned before we hit the record button, peace grains, um, they make bread and they've donated to how important is it for places like that who, who contribute? I mean, that's what helps really helps the community kind of stay together, all that collaboration and that, that kindness and generosity helps make this possible in many cases. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have a huge collaboration going in the community. Um, Like I said, you know, King's College and um, Hillside Farms. uh, One of my first things of service this summer was I got to go to the Hillside Farms grief camp for the children. And um, we had produce and we set it up, um, you know, just like in a grocery store. And um, we had bread donated from Peace Grain, um, which is a local business. Um, She makes amazing sourdough bread, homemade, um, that she sells to her friends. And then what she gets back from that, she makes more bread. And then she gives free to the community out in Dallas. Um, And she's actually provided bread yesterday for the people in New Roots for their dinner. Um, so, and she's actually provided me with bread for my little free pantry, which we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, we, we just, the kids came and they got bags and they filled it with whatever produce they wanted. Um, and you know, so it's different things like that and new roots, um, you know, you need each other. It, it doesn't, it's not one person's going to come and save everyone. You know, we have to work together. That's the only way we're ever going to, you know, get through all of the issues that we have. And we, we could look at the bigger picture and be like, yeah, maybe we could stop food insecurity. Maybe we could stop addiction. Maybe we could stop homelessness. But when it comes down to it, even if you do one small thing to help someone out, you're taking that step towards it. And if, you know, if we have a lot of people together doing the same thing, that's a huge step. So having all of these partners for food dignity is just, it's been amazing to see everyone get together and do this, you know, put that hard work and effort and their passions into it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's, I should say, where I met you last week at King's. I mean, talk about collaboration. It's just such a beautiful thing to see everyone working together. I mean, you know, there was exhibit an exhibit, um, a beautiful 
sad, but really touching, beautiful photos done by a local photographer, Amy, uh, pictures uh, she had gotten to know some people who are homeless, She just to make people aware. And then we had the, the canned goods that the students had put together to look like a tree with the actual roots. Uh, the students who worked on some messaging about opioid use disorder, education, awareness, and then Beth from Interdependence Hexagon Project, getting people to express themselves through art in hexagons that were all connected on the wall there. And it is so true that we are all connected and people, some people might look and go, oh, that's not my problem, or that won't be me, or I don't know anybody in that situation. But we really do have to take a step back and go, it could be any one of us. And besides, even if it wasn't us, don't we want to help the people who are impacted? And don't we want to solve these problems or, or work to overcome them together? And it is beautiful to hear that so many organizations are coming together and people to, to help I mean, every little bit counts. And if we keep making those steps forward, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about, you have a, now, again, I mentioned it, I referenced mm -hmm. it earlier, but most of us probably know the little free libraries because they're kind of popping up everywhere. I know I live in Scranton. We've got one at Nayog Park. We've got them pretty much, there are several, and there are also in the Wilkes-Barre, uh, Luzerne County area for, for just books, take a book or leave a book. But this is something different that you created. And I'm, I'm sure there must be some uh, in other locations. It's that same idea, but it's for food. So it's a little free pantry. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So um, I had seen the little free libraries years ago and I, uh, you know, I thought that was an awesome concept. The fact that you could just, you know, walk into your local park or, you know, outside someone's house and just pick up a book and have somewhere to drop books off. Um, so I always wanted to do that. And um when I had, I had moved to a different place right before COVID. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, it would be really cool to, you know, in the spring to finally get that together. And uh, COVID happened. And then, you know, it was winter. And I was like, well, you know, what, what is going on right now that somebody, you know, that everybody needs. And I was like, well, food, you know, I saw these little free pantries starting to pop up everywhere. And I was like, well, you know, I could do this. Like, I just have to, you know, figure out how I'm going to build it and get it set up and go from there. So. So now did you, I saw you sent me a picture and I, I assume that's yours, although I shouldn't assume is, so you have it, did you create your own, like you built it and it's in your neighborhood? Yes. Yeah, so um, my brother actually built it for me because um, I have some skill with building stuff, but something like that, I'm, you know, I'm just, just not able to do, didn't have the tools and stuff like that. So my brother actually built it for me. Um, but my kids and I had painted it and put it in the ground, um, and put some flowers around it and all. So, yeah. It looks very cheerful, very welcoming. So now do you get donations from the community to put in that? And then do people kind of, people can kind of drop off donations? Yeah. So the concept of a little free pantry is to give what you, you know, take what you can or take what you need and give what you can. Um, so some of, sometimes they call them blessings box. Um, it, it depends on the person, I guess, but to me, it's both, you know, it's, you know, it's a pantry, but it's also a blessing to have, you know, so um, yeah, it's just people come and put stuff in. 
Um, people come and take stuff. People do both. Um, people will buy stuff off our Amazon wish list and it'll be sent to me and then I'll you know, post it that we got it and then put it in there for whoever. Um, you know, we get stuff just all over the place. Like people are just continuously like, you know, how can I help? What, what do you need? Uh, dropping food off on my front porch. <laughs> like I'll come home and there'll be food on my front porch and I'll be like, okay, got to get it in the pantry today. That's great that you have that kind of, that people are generous and that they can be right now, especially with the way things are right now, things are a little bit tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say? I mean, it's really, it's encouraging to hear so many people are helping out and, you know, and doing this. Um, what are you going forward? Do you see, uh, what's your hope? I guess I would say, what would you want people to know about, uh, about food insecurity and what you're doing and how they can get engaged? Um, so I think the first thing to do is to make yourself aware of what food insecurity is. Um, like I said, in the beginning, I have, I never heard of that term before. Um, so it was new to me. So, you know, listening to podcasts and TED talks, um, you know, just to educate myself, to know, you know, what it was about, who, who it affects, um, how people deal with it and how people are making changes in it. And that's really important. Um, in a way, I've kind of been food insecure for a long time. Um, I'm single mother of three kids. I have two kids with disabilities. Um, they're both teenagers and they're doing, they're doing great now. So, and then another, a younger child. And um, we've been homeless before. Uh, we've faced trauma. Uh, we've faced illness. Um, we've had family members that have, you know, died from different things. And, you know, I never really thought how much of an impact the food that I was eating or not eating um, would have on me. Um, but it really did make a difference um, when it comes down to your health, your mental health, um, how you live, how you react to things, how you take care of yourself. It's huge. Um, so definitely educating yourself on what food insecurity is and how it affects other people and how it could affect you is a great place to start. Um, also getting to know what there is in your community. Um, I don't think people that you know, are just in a place of helping people, like a position, a job of helping people, say in a nonprofit, should know about the resources in the community. I think everybody should have an idea of what there is out there so that, you know, if, you know, you were ever to become homeless or, you know, needed help with, you know, your mental health or your bills, like you knew where to go. Or if you had family or friends that, you know, had issues with that, they would know where to go. Um, that's another huge thing is, you know, when we get in situations, you know, then we look into like, what can help us, who can help us. Um, but knowing that there are these different things out there um, and getting involved in them is a, is a big start too. Yeah. 
Oh, those are, I mean, those are two really good ways to get started. Um, just, I mean, like you said, educating yourself, that's the first thing, understanding it and then seeing what's out there and seeing what you can do to help or, or if, if someone needs the help, knowing where to go for it. Cause sometimes people don't even realize that there is help available and that's important for them to know too. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, you, like you said, you've been homeless, you've been in this situation. So you certainly can understand you know, I'm, I would say better than those of us who, who haven't been in that position, you can really understand the need. And I, I would thank you the compassion that you have, like you get what it's like. And so you really understand what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this is airing, this podcast is airing on Thanksgiving. Is there anything, in, I mean, you could say as much or as little as you'd like to with this season of gratitude. And obviously we should always be grateful throughout the whole year. Is there anything in particular that you would like to share that you right now are feeling gratitude for? Um, I'm grateful to have a place to live, um, to have a steady place to live. That was a, a hard thing for me and my children for a long time was to stay in one place. Um, I wasn't happy. Like I dealt with a lot of mental health issues and I got myself into situations that, you know, I could have made better choices, but unfortunately I didn't. And um, I had to deal with the consequences. And so I was stuck for a long time. um, And I felt like, you know, it's never going to get better. It's never going to change. So, you know, all of that has taught me to really appreciate what I have who I have around me. Um, and the biggest thing is to rely on community. Like we can't, no matter how much we try, we can't do it ourselves. Like we need other people. And we have a mentality these days that's like, oh, you know, if someone's toxic in your life, you need to throw them out the back door. Like that's not how it works. We need to be there for each other. We need to understand what each other is going through. And, you know, try to help as best we can, like not let other people's problems take over your life, but really just, you know, do what you can where you can with what you have. That's the important thing. Start there. You know, we can't change the whole world. It's just not possible. But if we take the steps to change ourselves and do the things that we enjoy, that we're passionate about, we can really change the community around us. Yeah. And that's, that's great advice. And you're, it sounds that you're in a good place right now uh, for yourself and your family. And the, I can only imagine, I would think that doing what you're doing must make you feel good too. Not just that you have this place and that you feel safe, but that you're helping other people that has to be rewarding, right. To know that you are helping other people. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, today, like when I went to new roots and I was cooking food and, you know, there were people that came in to help. Um, what would, what would they have done if I wasn't there? Like, you know, we were talking about the different produce that we had and like the different food and how to cook it and eat it. And, you know, it, it, even if they didn't take all of that knowledge in, like they had someone to talk to, you know, and I was there with people that, I was lending my ear. They were just venting because like they were on the streets. Like they knew they had to get as much food as they could, you know, to be able to survive the night and, you know, to be, to be there, to have people to talk to. Like, I feel like 
you know, how could things have been if I wasn't? And that's how I go into every situation is knowing what I know that I can do, what I'm capable of. Like if I wasn't there, how would things be? And I know that I can bring, you know, so much to the table. So I try to do that in every situation I go into. Yeah, no, no, that's a great way to look at it. What for yourself, is there anything that you're looking forward to in the year ahead or something that in particular that you want to do next? Like if there's something that a goal that you have that you're thinking, okay, now that I've got this, I, next thing I want is this. Is there anything that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, so I'm like so into gardening. That's like a huge passion of mine. Um, so that was one of the things that we did this spring was we put a garden bed around our little free pantry and we grew cucumbers and lettuce and tomatoes and different herbs and flowers. And it, it was small, but it was amazing. Like it, people could see the sunflowers coming down the street and they're just like, whoa, that, that is so cool. You know? And it, I felt like it was also a place where you could literally see where your food comes from. Like, here's a place where you can come and get food, but you can, like, it's coming out of the ground. Like, you could pick it, you know? Um, so because of that, um, I've had a lot of huge feedback from the people in my community. And um, we're actually, I was, like, one of my goals was to have a community garden. And um, I reached out to my supervisor and I said, well, hey, is this something that Food Dignity would like to be a part of? And she's like, yeah, sure. This is a great idea. So um, the plan is for in the spring to kind of start off small um, with, you know, a little bit of space, but to grow some stuff and see how the people in the community, um, you know, if they get involved, if they, if they want to, you know, help out and grow their own things, if they want stuff to be grown for them, um, you know, if, what skills do they have? Do they want to lend a hand anyway? You know, so we, we're going to, we're going to see how that goes, but that was like a huge goal of mine and now it's happening. So I kind of, I'm looking forward really to the spring to come so we could grow stuff. Well, that's great. And, and that's awesome. Like hand in hand, like you're saying, like they get to see it literally coming out of the ground, like talk about knowing and trusting where your food comes from. That's fantastic. That's really wonderful. Um, is there anything else in closing as we wrap up? Those were the things that were on my top of mind that I wanted to, to talk to you about anything else that you would like people to know or understand better. Um, I think the most important thing to me is, and this comes from a favorite YouTuber of mine. Um, she's a homesteader uh, because that's another thing I'm passionate about is, uh, you know, besides gardening is raising animals. I actually have had chickens and ducks before and turkeys um, in my yard. And like, I love animals. So it was really cool to experience that. But um, what she says is, turn your waiting room into your classroom. So my dream for a long time was, okay, I want to have a farm. I want to grow stuff. I want to be able to help people in the community. And um, I was like, but what can I do in the meantime? Like, I can't afford that. You know, at that time, I didn't have the income to be able to do anything extra. So it's like, what, what can I do? And so like, 
I started to learn how to can and to freeze, um, you know, how to cook over a fire, how to become self-sufficient. And this was all during COVID. So, you know, all that time that we had by ourselves away from people, um, I tried to learn as much as I could. And it's actually come in handy for my service. Um, a lot of these things that I learned now I can use in the community. So I would say anybody out there, like if you have a dream and you want to do something big, um, you know, start where you're at. Reach out to the people that talk about it, that teach it. If you have favorite YouTubers, you know, people on Facebook, anybody that you look up to that does things, um, reach out to them, get yourself involved in that community and just go for it, you know, learn. <laughs> That's great advice. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you're saying, there's so many resources out there. YouTube is free, right? We can all access it. Look at those videos, learn about the people, reach out to them like you did. You reached out to uh, to Clancy, right? Or the TED Talk. And I mean, look what that did too. So people, you know, people will share, you know, what they're talking about and help you to learn. That's great advice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I wouldn't do too well. I need to work on my survival skills. <laughs> I'm really not good with that stuff. I, I need to watch more YouTube and learn more things. I'm, I, I probably during the pandemic did not use my time as wisely as a lot of people. Cause I know a lot of people learn like different skills that they wanted to, which was great. I mean, we were all at home, so we might, you know, we could have used that time to learn something new. So I, I admire what you've done. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. That's great. And that's great advice for other people. And I always say too, I mean, I'm someone who's born and raised in Scranton and I've always been uh, a fan of the area and what we have here. And when people are complaining, I used to say, you know, if it, if you don't like it, leave or whatever is missing, create it. So it's along those lines. If something here in Northeast PA you find is lacking, you know, you've read about something that's somewhere else, you don't have to necessarily leave, but you know, bring it here, help make it happen here and talk to people who have like minds and see if they'll help. And, and, you know, as we referenced earlier, it's not just one person, it takes the community collaboration. So reach out to people and make things happen here that you want to see. And, and they could end up not just something you enjoy, but helping other people as well. Absolutely. I completely agree. So thank you so much, Rebecca, anything else in closing, as far as, uh, any, uh, I can definitely share some links, uh, when I post this, anything like websites or anything that you recommend for people to either get involved, uh, to donate or who might need help. Um, so yeah, I would definitely start with links. I would say definitely check out the food dignity movement. Cause it's not just here in Luzerne County, like Clancy Harrison, like she goes everywhere. Like she's constantly all over the place talking to people. Like she was even involved in the talks on nutrition for the White House. Wow. Like she's really out there, um, you know, trying to change, you know, how everything works around food insecurity and, you know, to, to bring dignity to people that need it. Um, because that's another thing is like, when you're going through this situation, you know, it's hard to find dignity. Like it's really hard to dig down and find that. And a lot of people don't give you that dignity when you're in those situations and they might be facing the same thing. So, you know, like, even if you are in this place, try to understand the people around you, 
because that's, you know, they might be going through the same exact thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, food dignity is a great place to start. Um, you know, if there's anything else, like, let me know. I'll share what I'll share whatever I have. Sure. Okay. A food dignity. And I'll share a link to, to new roots as well. For those folks out there, new roots recovery center does a lot of great work, uh, with, with people who need help, uh, who've had, you know, substance use disorder. If you need help with recovery, they, they do help people, uh, every step of the way. So that's a great place to, to look into as well. Um, so yeah, so I will put those links, uh, when I share the podcast and if anyone does have questions, I'll be happy to pass those along to Rebecca. If you, if you want to know anything that we've talked about here today. So I want to thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. And I want to thank you for just sharing your story and what you're doing and making us aware of something, uh, that we can learn more about. So thank you so much. And so I want to say thank you, as I always do to my listeners. Um, and I hope you have had a happy Thanksgiving. And if you haven't celebrated yet, uh, have a good one when you do. And I look forward to, uh, to offering you more fabulous guests. I'm so proud to bring you because I think they're wonderful. They're doing great things. And I hope you've enjoyed, you've learned and maybe gained some insight for your own life. So as I always say, thank you. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.